0: Are you an accredited investor and looking to deploy capital into one of the strongest asset classes on the planet? If you said yes, I want to invite you to join DJ for a free webinar this week that will show you some of the opportunities that our company is focusing on. You'll find that link in today's show notes. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box
1: real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com.
0: Welcome back to the creative real estate podcast. I'm your host Adam Adams and today we have a special treat guys because we're joined with Lucas Miller. Lucas Miller is a fifth generation Denverite and what I wanted him to come on actually we we were talking about getting you on the podcast anyway but what I wanted you to come on in particular about here is because I wanted you to to come on while you were in the middle of quitting your job. So This Friday is going to be your last day, which is really, really cool. Um, let's go into a little bit more about that. You've spent the last eight years or so working on state, federal, and, and local politics. Yep. You also, um, most recently, you were a lobbyist for the Colorado Apartment Association. Is that right? Right. Yep. That's right. So You, you guys were big advocates on behalf of like owner um, apartment owners, managers, and, and developers within the state of Colorado. Exactly. And so you are very intimate with the type of people that, you know, that we're talking about. Usually on this podcast, we do a bunch of like syndications and apartment stuff. Uh, You transitioned out of lobbying though, to pursue a full-time career investing in multifamily apartments. And you've got this company called Bannock? Bannock Capital, yep. Bannock Capital. So that's where you are right now. Friday's your last day. Uh, You said you will... Stay on as a consultant for them because they got some projects yep. where they still need you, but you're no longer full time, because you want to focus on multifamily investing. So let's yep. get into that. What is your experience level in multifamily investing?
1: Yeah. So um, I I should mention that you know part of my work as a lobbyist is you're exposed to a lot of um, the legal issues, a lot of the laws, a lot of lots of things with regard to politics and multifamily investing, but um, sort of as uh, just being around these folks, I'm also been exposed to how they run their day to day operations. Um, A lot of the people that are involved in the apartment association are usually managers uh, of apartments, but there's also a few owners and you get to really pick their brain about how they run their business, how they find deals, how they underwrite deals and how they do all the things that um, you need to do to be a real estate investor with multifamily. And so over the last four years, I've been really gleaning all the information I possibly could from these folks. Um, and sort of synthesizing that down into what I wanted to do with my company. And so uh, the timing is right. And um, I'll be starting. I have started my own company and hopefully be finding a deal soon. Uh, but my first exposure to real estate was cleaning out rental units with my old daycare provider. Um, she would okay. take us along as she was doing turns. And uh, um, I would just sweep, vacuum, clean, get in her way probably. <laughs> uh, but um, while they had to turn them, so my wife and I were the classic um analysis paralysis couple we We got involved in real estate, really wanted to jump head first in, and, and then kind of just stalled for a long time and wanted to find the perfect deal and and then First deal we ever got was a duplex, and it was on Bannock Street, and that's where the name for our new company came from. Yeah, uh, for those living in Denver know um, Bannock Street is pretty pretty long, um, so there's a lot of street, a lot of properties on Bannock Street. But um, we bought a duplex there, and we decided to house hack it.
0: Great, uh, talk to us real fast. Um, We've, we've definitely discussed house hacking because yep. this is the Creative Real Estate Podcast, but mm-hmm. would you mind just kind of going over what you did to house hack that first duplex?
1: Yeah, um, it was an up-down duplex and it was 816 square feet, two bedroom, one bathroom. And it was, um, it was in rough shape. We bought it as a distressed asset. Um, we bought it with uh, a couple investors and we just decided to rehab it and we wanted to live in it, um, so we could live off of passive cash flow, live very cheaply. Um, essentially, our mortgage we like to say was around twelve dollars. Um, that's wow, including our our principal interest and and the rent that was offset um, with the bottom unit being rented. So
0: great. So, what was the original cost of that duplex that you only were paying out of pocket twelve bucks a month for? It was
1: um, uh, $299,000 and that was in, um, it was January of 2015, I believe, or shortly shortly before or after, um, which was crazy at the time. It was uh, a spot where it needed a lot of work. A lot of people weren't willing to pay that much money at the time. Um, We kind of saw that there was some upside to doing some value-add, forced depreciation of doing some rehab. And um, we underwrote rents around $1,200 per unit. The first tenants we rented to, um, I think they were at Mm. $1,395. And then now the unit that we moved out of is renting for $1,495. And
0: and that was on Bannock?
1: Bannock Street, yep.
0: Wow, that's great. I like that. I like that. And you're, uh, I I forgot to mention that because you mentioned your wife and you've got two young boys, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Two and little boys. How old are they? One is four years old. He just, he, well, he'll turn four in September. So he's three okay. and almost four, but um, the other one just turned two. Um, so we, a lot of people don't want to do house hacking because they have families or they Thank have you. certain, but we raised, well, we had one kid and uh, had had one when we, he was very little in our duplex for a long time. So, um, it is possible. It's not comfortable, but it's possible.
0: Great. And I really appreciate you saying that. And I like that because there's been a lot of people that say, you know, I can't house hack anymore because I have a wife and kids, Yeah. but you were able to do that when they were pretty young back in 2015. And I know that if you bought a duplex in 2015, it's probably worth a lot more than two ninety nine yeah. days, so it sounds like a really great investment. What other investments have you done over the years
1: we've done um, you know we've done private lending we've done but mostly what we've been doing is flips um, we've been uh, flipping condos for the past couple of years and and we've had quite a bit of luck with that but or, or hard work depending on how you want to look at it but um, what made us make the switch from flipping to wanting to buy more passive real estate, uh, passive cash flow, is there is a lot of work involved in flipping. I know you know yeah. this. We've talked about it before. It's a job. You know, it's a lot of work. And I was doing it. My wife is an agent, so she was she was doing all of our sales for us. Um, she was managing the flips for us. Uh, but it's still a lot of work and especially when you have a full-time job and it is possible and it's, it, if you're willing to put in the work, there's, there's money to be made there. But um, basically where we wanted to be is that more passive cash flow so we can focus on things we wanted to do.
0: I love it. So let's go into your now strategy, which is you have a goal of creating more and more passive cash yeah. flow, not just for you, but for your equity partners, for the investors yeah, exactly. that are joining with you. So um, let's, let me ask you first, what is going to be your strategy for doing these syndications? Cause I, I'm not sure if I have it right, but have you yet done a full syndication? No. What no is I haven't the, done. What's your entrance? Are you going to partner with other people that are already doing it? Are you going to take a education that costs you 50 grand? No. What's, what's your path?
1: Um, you know, for the past like I said, four years, I've been learning as much as I can about this. And one of the resounding themes is, I don't know a whole lot about it. Even though even though I wanna learn as much as I possibly can, I don't know everything. Um, so I'm going my own route in trying to find these deals, trying to learn as much as I can by myself, but ultimately I do wanna take on a partner. I wanna help provide um, uh, value to someone who's already doing it in this space. Um, whether that's finding a deal and bringing it to them or um, finding partners to bring to a deal, Um, any way I can sort of get my foot in the door and help people um, with, with their goals as well.
0: Great. And, you know, we kind of brushed over this, but I remember thinking about it before we started recording is you're at this point in your life where you've decided to quit your great job Mm-hmm. um in order to just pursue multifamily investing full time and so i I'd, I'd like to ask you kind of the mindset that you have about that and yeah look at, look at you know is is it the right time for everybody to just be quitting their job and going into this or what what would you say yeah. lucas that they need to do um before they should put in their two weeks
1: <laughs> well it's what if you're hearing this and you're thinking you want to quit at your job, one of the things you should keep in mind is that I, you know, I've been looking at real estate for six, seven years now almost. And from the very first book I read, I wanted to quit my job. I wanted to stop everything I was doing and quit my job and just go full bore and, and, and go hard and make a ton of money. Um, luckily I've had, my wife has been my ground Um, she's been very reasonable with me and, and sort of talking about like, Hey, we have kids, we have, we're married, we have a mortgage, we got to pay for all these things. How are you going to do that? And that's, that's a, that's a lot to take on. And, you know, if you're a single young person, um, it's a different story. Um, if you're, if you have responsibilities, if you have, um, things you want to take care of, you need to put yourself in a good financial situation before you can make that leap. And luckily we were given an opportunity um, where my wife, um, she's going back to work. Uh, Partly it's part-time sort of, um, she can make her own hours. She can work from home. Um, she can still provide a lot of the, the support she has been providing while I've been working. Um, but she's making a good amount of money right now to the point where we feel comfortable. We can, we can make this jump. Um, we still have a couple different avenues where, where we could get into trouble, but we feel confident that um, we have educated ourselves enough and we've set ourselves up enough to um, that this is going to work out.
0: I, I like that a lot. Thank you so much yeah so why there are so many different ways of getting passive income. What made you kind of think that syndication would be your? Uh, you know,
1: oh, stopping point. Oh, there's so many good ways to to make money. Um, you know, real estate in and of itself is a phenomenal investment, and and it it's it provides the cash flow that you really need. Um, but real estate syndication is is one of those unique things. I've I put off syndicating for a long time. I didn't want to do it because I figured, you know, so many people are doing it right now that it's it's. Um, it's a hard thing to get into. Everyone wants to say they're a syndicator and everyone wants to be one, but nobody has deals. And so, um, but ultimately syndication provides you so many different avenues to make money that it's silly not to, if you want to invest in apartments and if you want to be that person, um, you should take a look at syndicating. Um, at first I thought, you know, I just want to buy small apartment buildings and do it on my own. Um, and then I look at like cash on cash return for those things. And, and my cash on cash return is, is it's low if I have so much capital built into these things. But if I can pool investors money, make them money, um, bring them along for the ride, you can really start to grow and scale. And that's what I want to do is, is I don't want to own one or two buildings. That's, um, For my style of investing, um, I like to be a little more diversified in that. I don't like diversifying in the stock market. I like diversifying in location, asset types, building types. Um, And there's so many different avenues that you can diversify in real estate. um, And syndication really makes that possible.
0: I love that. Thank you for going through all of that information. And you're right. I've had more uh, other guests on the show as well that have said a very similar thing. Rather than going to small and medium multifamily, you know, and owning one or two, or being able to buy maybe one a year for the next little yeah. while, they found a lot more success both in cash on cash as well as um, just. It, I guess what well, what I'll say is for the people that have been on, they've they've mm-hmm. seen a huge cash on cash because of the type of leverage yeah. that you're having, and furthermore, it makes it easier and to manage a yeah. hundred units or 200 units than it does to manage a fourplex and a tenplex. Um, yeah. And I've
1: got experience with both. It's, <laughs> it's not, um, you know, you just see the amount of, and it's not a lot of amount of, of work to manage a property, but um, when you're investing the same amount of time for a duplex, as you could be for managing a manager of a 200 unit uh, building you start to see like, what are you doing? Hear <laughs> you yourself so much better if you have 200 tenants as opposed to two tenants. And that's yeah. really a big part too. We had a vacancy for a little while um, for a couple different reasons, but that, that property was sitting there and it wasn't losing money, but it wasn't making money. And yeah. because one person decided they needed to move, people yeah. are going to move. You've got to insulate yourself from that. And the best way to do that is to have as many tenants as you can.
0: I love that, thank you. All right, so we're gonna move into the final five. Hey guys, I wanted to share something with you. Rod Cleef's invited me and some other members of our multifamily mastermind group to join him in Chicago for a three-day event for apartment investors who are looking to get that slight edge to skyrocket their success. I'm about to share a link with you. It's also in the show notes because I truly want to see you join us in Chicago. It's rodcleefcom slash Adam Adams. The event is super affordable but using that link will allow you to save an additional 20 to 30% off your ticket. I'd love to see you put yourself in the top 1% of successful multifamily syndicators by taking action right now while the prices are still low. Go to rodcleef.com slash adamadams. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. Lucas, what's the most creative deal you've ever done?
1: I've I've got a couple. Um, We can stick with the... We've talked about that duplex a lot and it, it did need some creative... Work to close it, but um, we had a flip that was that was turned out to be our most profitable flip, but it was a disaster to close. And uh, part of it was because the previous tenant had broken in the night before we were supposed to close, damaged a bunch of property. Um, so at the last second, um, the HOA manager made us put um, I think it was around thirty five hundred dollars in escrow. Okay to fix all this damage. And so me, the wholesaler and the seller were all going back and forth. No one was talking to each other. It was just a disaster. And finally, like literally as we were pulling into the title company, uh, we got the word that it was good to close and it create, we had to utilize creative funding because uh, the, when you're dealing with flips, a lot of the sellers who are in pre foreclosure or in foreclosure are, they're not the savviest uh, people with money. And, and I say that, you know, with all love and respect for what you do, but they don't, they didn't understand that we were trying to help them and make them money. They thought we were just there to screw them over. And, and luckily I had a really good wholesaler who, who came through and he actually fronted the money just to get the deal to close on my word that I would pay him back. So it was, it was a creative deal, but it was, it was fun. Uh, looking back.
0: Perfect. What is a book that you recommend for the listeners?
1: Yeah, I've, you know, if you're looking into buying apartment buildings, I think um, Multifamily Millions by David Lindahl is a really good book. Um, But what I've found is that with syndication, it's, or, or buying apartments in general, it's a matter of mindset more than anything. And you got to put yourself in the right mindset to be able to tackle a property that's millions of dollars. And so, um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday is a good book. And uh, obviously, Anything by Grant Cardone is a good book.
0: Tell me again, The Obstacle is the Way? Yeah, by
1: Ryan Holiday. I think that's the name of it. Um, I, I'll double check but, and email you, but I'm pretty sure it's The Obstacle is the Way.
0: Yeah, I'm taking notes. Uh, will you tell me his name again, Ryan? Ryan Holiday. Okay.
1: It's spelled just like it sounds but yeah
0: great appreciate those two books multifamily millions from dave lindahl who's my coach and mentor and then uh, the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday and then i like this next question it's actually my favorite of all the questions think back lucas to where you were five years ago and then also try to envision where will you be in five years and give me paint both those pictures for me yeah uh,
1: five years ago I was living in Washington, D.C., working on Capitol Hill and just starting um, to r- realize that I didn't enjoy working for someone. And that, that was really when what spurred me to look into real estate. And uh, that was about seven or eight years ago. But five years ago is when I really started to kick it into gear and and really start um, researching what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And I thought it, I had this path of wanting to buy small rentals and flip houses and and. You know, I've gone through that progression over those past five years. Um, but really, the most important part was that I realized I didn't want to work for somebody else. Mm mm-hmm. Fast forward to five years from now, I'm a big Joe Fairless guy, and I know you are too. And he talks about, I will. uh, So I will control $100 million of multifamily assets. Um, I want to provide passive income for my family, for my investors. um, And I want to give back in a big way too. I've always wanted to have massive amounts of money so I can give massive amounts of money away.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And I'm right there with Joe Fairless when we're talking about the mindset. Mm -hmm. I always, I've got, I have so many different conversations where I'm like, you can't think that way. You can't, you can't be like, oh, I hope to do this or I'd like to do this or it would be nice if I did this. You've got to find a way to, that instead of having a goal, that it is, it is a plan. It's a, it's an action, it's a destination. When we're going to the grocery store, we don't like, we don't like say, I'd really like to go to the grocery store. We don't say like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I went to the grocery store or we don't say like, Oh, I've got to write down that goal. I've got to write it down that I'm going to go there. No, you just, it's, I have to, I'm going to do this. This This is what I'm on my way to do. And it's just a destination like any other destination. And your destination is to control a hundred million dollars of assets in five years. And it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen because you will.
1: I have to make it happen.
0: Yeah. I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) How do you give back?
1: Um, uh, I, you know, I've, I really enjoy giving back. That's, I, I talked about wanting to give back in charity and wanting to give out money, but it's also more than that too. I want to give back. Um, I've talked to a lot of people about, um, flipping houses you know, people who want to reach out and talk about things and, or talk about, um, how political advocacy or lobbying might be able to impact your investment. I love talking about that. Uh, but I really enjoy giving to charity too. I mean, I'm involved with our church and, and actually, our our company, before it's made a single dime, has already made its first donation. So, um, you know, I want to never confuse my priorities or my principles um, with what I'm doing day to day. And I, I just want to keep that in mind um, because I really do want to make a lot of money. I'm not ashamed to say that, uh, but I want to utilize it in the right way, too.
0: Yeah, I, I really appreciate you going through that. When you mentioned, so you obviously you mentioned donations and charity and that Mm -hmm. your company Bennett Capital has already made its first donation before it made its first income. What were you saying when you were talking about your friends who were flipping houses?
1: Yeah. um, So... You know, bigger pockets. I'm involved with that community quite a bit. Um, I'm involved locally with a lot of different uh, meetup groups, and um, people have heard that we've been flipping successfully, and so people have reached out with questions and um, just finding out what we're doing to be successful. Because it's not everyone that's successful, and yeah, you know, we kind of fell backwards into flipping. It wasn't necessarily exactly the niche that we wanted to tackle, but we kind of specialized in the small little niche. And um, I want to share our education with people. And, you know, that's something that's, that's pretty rare. A lot of businesses won't help competing businesses because they're worried about their own profit margins. But what I found in, I don't know if you've ever heard of Eric Stark. um, He's kind of a marketing genius when it comes to uh, direct mail marketing or marketing folks like that. And he gives away all of his stuff. And I mean, everything, letters, marketing materials, exactly what he says, exactly how he does it. And his thinking is that most people aren't going to do it. You know, most people are lazy. They're not, most businesses fail between inception and execution. And he's saying, look, you're never going to be my competition. I'm going to always do it better than you, but here's how I do it better than you. Um, And so I've taken a lot of what he's Um, He does and what he says and i'm willing to help anyone who wants to help themselves and and that's a big part of giving back
0: Yeah, so you've kind of been able to take a role uh as a mentor or a coach Um, not necessarily getting paid but you've been able to kind of help people walk them through holding hands to make sure that they're safe
1: Yeah, and you know, it's It's not about necessarily considering myself as a mentor. I just want to help people and then yeah, that's that's um I get gratitude from it. It makes me feel good uh, if I can help someone else and uh, get to their goals quicker, or or what they want to do quicker. Uh, it'll come back. It always yeah, does.
0: I would agree. Thank you for sharing all the ways that you give back. How do people reach out to you and get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, my email is uh, Lucas at Bannock Capital. B A N N O C K dot um, com, But I also want to give my phone number to anyone who's wanting to network. If you're involved in multifamily investing in any way, I want to buy you coffee. Um, I want to learn from you. I want, to be, um, I want to be a part of your network and help you. So that's
0: 303-594-2285. Got it. All right, cool. so Lucas at Bannock Capital, B-A-N-N-O-C-K Capital, Spelled C A P I T A L dot com. Yeah. Phone number 303-594-2285. Correct. Awesome. I hope that the listeners reach out to you and take you on your on your coffee. Yeah, I'll, please do. I'll definitely call you and get some free coffee yeah. as well myself. Yeah. Thank you, Lucas. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on awesome. to the show, talking about your path as an investor from the last several years since two thousand fifteen. Yeah. What you're doing, where you're going, and I look forward to hearing about yeah. that hundred million well, portfolio.
1: Yeah, I, I hope I hope uh, hope we can sit down in a little bit sooner than five years and have that conversation. But um, but I also want to just thank you. I mean, what you do for investors, especially in Colorado, but I mean everywhere, uh, people are able to get glean information from you. You give back more than anybody else in this game. So I just wanted to say thanks um, to you and, and I've learned a lot from you and I hope to give it back to you somehow. So,
0: I really appreciate you saying that. I put a lot of effort into it and I never and shows. never knew that it was noticed. So thank you, sir. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that. Until next time, my friend, think Sounds outside good. the box. Thanks. Wall Street can be a bumpy road. If you're an accredited investor and not seeing the returns your financial planner promised you, I'd like to invite you to a webinar Blue Spruce is hosting that can show you how you can achieve higher returns secured by one of the safest asset classes on the planet. You can sign up quickly and easily for free for this live webinar by following the link in today's show notes.